Hey everybody, this is Natalie Griffin coming at you live from Naughty Shaman headquarters where I'm super stoked about talking about creating because we are creators. We are here to create. We are made in the image of the creator. We are the creator. We're all here to create. So let's get down to it. I'm I'm just really, I, I've met with some amazing women this week and so I want to tell a couple of stories because it illustrates so perfectly how your spiritual path is your own. And guess what? It's not going to look like anyone else's spiritual path. It is not going to look like mine. It is not going to look like your neighbors. It is not going to look like your mom's. It's not going to look like anybody you know, because they're not you and you are you and you have your own journey. So for instance, so shamans, you know, we want to walk with bridges. We want to walk in two very important worlds. We really walk in a lot more than this, but let's get down to the basics. Two worlds. One is this physical reality. Michael Harner can refer to it as ordinary reality, and there are a lot of other names for it, but it's this physical, consensual reality that we share, you know, where we look around and we're like, the sky is blue. Um, This is the hemisphere we live in. This is the time zone that we live in. This is what we are agreeing to reality where time is linear, where things have physical matter, where we can see with our five senses and sense all of that in a very physical way, physical reality. You're pretty familiar with it, I'm guessing. (laughs) The other reality that we want to grow strength and power in is spiritual reality or non-ordinary reality in Michael Harner's words. Spiritual reality. They're both real. They're both realities. Mm Mm-hmm. One is real easy to see, and we all agree on it, more or less. And the other is energetic. And for some people, it's very easy to see as well, and for most of us, it takes some practice. But you can sense things. So for us, we want to be able to walk with equal power, equal clarity, equal sensory experiences in physical reality and in spiritual reality. Now, I know you know people who are really imbalanced and really rooted and grounded in physical reality. And spirituality sounds like a bunch of woo-hooery, you know, a bunch of hoo-ha that makes no sense and whatever. And so there's an imbalance of their awareness, their consciousness around reality is, is limited or smaller than people who can expand their consciousness and see that possibly there are others. But we know those folks who are really grounded in physical reality. It's so helpful. Love these people. Don't ever push them into spiritual journeys because if they wanted to be on one, my friends, they would be on one. They have a right to do their life. Let everybody live. It's all good. But for those of us who have this calling or this inkling or this curiosity about the unseen world, then we have to start to develop our our sensory experiences and spiritual reality as well. But, you know, what's interesting is we know all these people that are really committed to physical reality, but I know you know those spiritual people who are really prefer to live in spiritual reality and are not that grounded in physical reality. And this can be real dangerous, real dangerous, you know, because for the shaman, we want to have equal power here. We want to be able to pay our bills. We want to be able to make love. We want to be able to make dinner. We want to be able to do these things. We want to be able to create in physical reality. 
If we can't do that, then what the heck is our spiritual journey for? You know what I'm saying? So for folks who live in spiritual reality and really become untethered here in physical reality, there's going to be a limit to how much they can grow spiritually. You need the earth to launch up into the stars. The more rooted you are, the higher you can go. So balancing physical and spiritual reality is really like a fundamental teaching in our school and is absolutely critical. Your life needs to grow corn. It needs to be rich and full and you need to be on journey making that happen in your own life, creating what you want to create and learning how to create. And that's what we're going to talk about. So it's your very own. And some people, you know, so this is one of my stories. Um, you know, I have so many folks that are like, I just, I need to get on a spiritual path. I need to figure out my purpose. I, I don't know my purpose. I need to be more spiritual. I need to, you know, be a shaman and spin chakras around or do Reiki. And they're broke and they're just going to like quit their job and listen and wait for spirit to tell them what to do. And just spirit's just going to tell them what to do. And they're not going to do anything until spirit tells them what to do. And so I had to break it down to this young woman. And I said, you know what? I got some bad news for you, gal. The universe really doesn't care. The universe doesn't care what to do. It doesn't really give a crap. The universe is benign. It's made up of energy. It's going to align around our wants and desires. That's what it does. Energy aligns. Vibe speaks to vibe. They coalesce, make something. That's what, that's it. It's that simple. The universe really doesn't mind what we do. Wants us to choose, wants us to make up our gosh darn mind so that it knows how to organize itself. When we're like, oh, maybe this, oh, maybe this, oh, maybe this, maybe this, the universe will just sit down, cross its arms, and be like, okay, when you decide, let me know. And then I'll put the big guns behind you. But until then, forget about it. So really, that is the one thing that I love to think about. Your spiritual path is self-directed. You're co-creating it with the universe. It's not the universe bossing you around. Who wants to be in a relationship like that? You don't want to get bossed around. You want to be in a productive, healthy, cooperative relationship with the divine. So that's one of the messages is that your spiritual path is your own and it is self-directed. You're co-creating it with all that is. And I'm super excited to talk with you today about a couple of common myths that I see um, and their mechanisms, really, to keep us from living and creating the life that we want. And they're brilliant. Like these, these mechanisms that we have are so brilliant because when we talk about them, they sound awesome. Like you could be on the Ellen show or the Oprah Winfrey Soul Sunday and Super Soul Sunday, and you would sound like you've got it all right. You know, the deep analysis of why you're the way you are and all the reasoning behind it and the connections, and you would sound so spiritually awesome, except that it's keeping you, believing in these myths, is keeping you from living the life that you want. You're regurgitating something that you've heard and you haven't transferred the learning into action. And that's where it takes root, is in the actions, in our changes. When we change the way that we move through the world, we change the way we do things, everything changes. But if we don't bring it into our lives, then all of it is for naught. 
you know, the shamans say that all of our work has to grow corn. This is what my teacher Alberto Violdo said and his teacher, everybody talks about this, that the spiritual work we do has to grow corn, meaning that it has to nourish us, it has to nourish our lives. It has to nourish our community. If it makes our lives better, keep doing it. If it doesn't make your life better, stop, go do the thing that makes your life better. So here's my favorite myth. It's that the question why is the most amazing, amazing question to ask. And that is an absolute lie. Why is like a downward spiral into hell. You're going to run around in there asking why, chasing why, and there are 5,273 reasons why. And none of them matter except for the one. So the only reason that somebody kind of trained in these shamanic coaching techniques would, would go back, and the reason that we go back in time and ask the why is for one reason. It's to go get the diamond that's buried in the mine. You do want to make the connection. At the beginning of our journey, the question why can be helpful. It can be helpful in terms of understanding our origin, what created it, and then we have to stop asking why. I was talking to a woman the other day, and she was so fascinated with the question why. She could tell me every nuance of family, dynamic, planetary, alignment, solar, eclipse, mala, chanting, chants that she's missed, and why her life wasn't working out the way she wanted it to. She had 5,722 reasons why? And they all sounded spiritually amazing. And if I wasn't a me, I would have stared at her wide-eyed and be like, wow, you are amazing. Listen to all that wisdom. Except it isn't wisdom, it's knowledge. It's different. The reason or the question why is often if for folks that have already kind of been digging through the muck of the past, the question why is a bunny trail. It's a lost cause. We know the reasons why. You know, if you've been digging around on a spiritual journey for a while, you know your reasons why. You can tell them every way, backwards, forwards, upside down. You can talk about why. It's a less interesting question to me now. So here's the question to ask instead. Don't chase why. It takes you to the past and it can lead you down a bunny trail into the mine. And if you already have the diamond, if you already have the insight of why, you don't need to go back in the mine. Let the past go. Shed that skin. Burn that up in a fire. The question to ask is, what do you want to create? What do you want to create? Now, most people will avoid that question like the plague because it's a difficult question to answer. It requires you to take time, spending time inside your own thoughts, inside your own heart and getting real and raw with what is it that you want to create. This question takes patience. This question takes some tenacity of the soul. This question requires creativity and an open mind. And it also takes a lot of courage. Because the question, what do you want to create, puts the responsibility of your life solely in your hands which is where it belongs, if you think about it, you know? 
I've had days, trust me, I get it. Like we all have moments where we wish with everything in our heart to all that is holy in the world that someone else would be responsible for our lives. Can someone just come and rescue me? Get me out of this hell I've created. Can someone just come and tell me what to do? Boss me around, take control of everything. And we would love to give our power away that that way on some days. But we know We know in our bones that that is not the way a wholesome, creative life goes. What do you want to create? You're here. Your soul came here to the planet with something in it, a calling. It came here to experience some things, and it came here to share something. And and that's our job to figure out. Nobody can figure that out for us. That's figuring out your dharma, figuring out what the heck you're going to do here to be of service. And so that's the question to ask. What do you want to create? So myth number one, just to recap, is that why is the super best question? And if you can talk around that, then you're really wise. It's not true. 